and welcome back to another episode of Drama School Dropout. It's episode 38, and as per usual, my name is Ingram Noble, and I am your resident Drama School Dropout. This week, I am joined by an absolute icon of British soaps who first joined Emmerdale when she was only 15. Please welcome to the podcast, Sammy Winwood. Drama School Dropout, no graduation day for you. Hello. Hi. Hi, Ingrid. How are you? I'm good. I'm not a fan of these early mornings. I'm not going to lie. I know. I, you know what? This morning is probably the first time in a long time that I've actually had to like get up. I've done my hair. Whacked a bit of makeup on, got myself ready for today, and it felt really odd, <laughs> like getting myself all dolled up straight. I, just, I, I think anybody that gets up before, like I've got friends that get up before six o'clock in the morning, and I'm like, you need to get a life. No, do you know what though? I mean, I'm talking about like getting ready, looking nice, but we, myself, and my husband, do we do actually get up really early? We're such like, you know, we go to bed dead early as well. I'm in bed for like half eight, nine. I'm such a bore, and then uh, yeah. I'm, I'm the opposite. Really? I'm, I'm up till like four or five in the morning. What? Is that by choice? Yeah. It's, I don't switch off during the day. So like, because yeah. I'm currently preparing to go back to drama school, even though I'm a dropout. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Amazing. Um, I'm directing and co-producing a play that I wrote with one of my best friends. And yeah. I have all this podcast stuff to do. So like yeah. all of my friends are like ding 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 phones blown up throughout the day. So then when everyone goes to bed, I can get some work done. Right. Okay. Well, that's I mean, at least you're doing work with it. I mean, I've got a few friends who do stay up late, but it's like to watch Netflix. I mean, I've got <laughs> Netflix know? playing in the background. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay. I, I'm not just strictly focusing on work. Um but how has what I will always like to ask first is obviously this has been a really unprecedented year for everyone. How are you, like, now? Um, weirdly, um, it always sounds really selfish when you say this, especially with everything that everyone's going through. But weirdly, it's been, for me personally, it's been quite a positive year. I think because it's given me the chance to take a step back um, concentrate wholly on home life and um, not worrying too much about the industry and what's going on and what I'm not doing in, enough of or you know I'm not getting this audition or this part it's really given me a chance to just stop um, yeah. which is so hard to do in this industry because you're just forever thinking you're not doing enough or you know um, you should be at a different place but it's given me time to because I've never really had that I've always been busy I've always like been um, well, you started Emmerdale when you were, what, 15? 15, yeah. So it's the first time ever. And you're 25 that... now, so like oh, 10 yeah, years yeah, of... Oh, yeah, 25, yeah. <laughs> 10 years Just of 10. non-stop going. <laughs> yeah. No, but I, I can relate 110%. Like, I feel dead guilty saying this, but I've enjoyed yeah. it. Like, I have enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I dropped out of uni right before and was in, like, a massively dark place. Right. And I never wanted to act ever again. I was like, I'm done with this wow. industry. Yeah, I understand that. I understand that. And then see, having that time to sit at home and reflect. And then yeah. like it come to December and I was where it was October, actually, I tell a lie. I was working in Amazon and I was like, you know what? I really miss this industry. And I text some friends. I was like, hey, I want to start a podcast. Do you want to come on? Well, do you know, well, we'll see. I think that's, uh, it's almost like you've taken yourself away. Exactly what I did, really. But you're going back into the industry on your terms, what you want to do, you know, as opposed to feeling like you're swept up from the off and, you know, you have to do this and do that and follow protocols. And stuff. You, you're doing what you want to do with it. Yeah. Now. You're taking control. And I think that is so important with this industry because you, you forever feel like you're waiting, don't you? You forever feel yeah. like you're, it's someone else that's going to take you forward. It's someone else that's going to pick you out the crowd and, and this, but as soon, you know, as soon as you realize that actually you can be doing stuff for you, you can be doing stuff like, you know, like you said, you're doing your direct, is it direct? And a directing a play that well me and my friend have no money and we're trying to put this play yeah. on so we done a rehearsed reading to online yeah. 
we got people that were just going to act for free for us and we yeah. made like 300 quid and we booked a theater and now we're like brilliant somebody please give us money so we can do the rest of it well yeah but that's but you know what again like just before um just before lockdown I'm talking three days before we I did a play last year in Manchester and we were all due to get funding and just a few days before the play was due to start literally because we didn't have much rehearsal time um, we didn't get the funding. So we went from thinking we we're going to have this set and thinking we we're going to have this and that and the other. And we had to strip everything back. And it was like, you know, so simple compared to what we had in mind. But it still worked. Some of you know, the best plays are the simple plays. ones because you can tell the story. Yeah, and yeah, of course. And, you know, none of us got paid a huge amount, but it was it was just as enjoyable. Like, yeah. we all, you know, it's kind of we all just still looked in and did the best we could. And we had a really great time doing it. I think I, I miss the theatre yeah. so much. And I, I'm like, so I, I genuinely like, I get more annoyed at the government every day about it because like all my friends are football fans. I live in Glasgow oh, and they just went yeah, to yeah. Wembley. Like all of my friends just went to Wembley. And it's Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. And you see the crowds on the street celebrating and stuff. I'm not a football, we, we don't really watch football in this house. We know mm. You know, I have a lot of mates that do. I've never watched a football game in my life. Yeah, I think I've only watched a couple of England ones at a push because they were on in the background. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, a friend of mine is, um, he is put on, he does a podcast actually, but he's um, he's putting it on stage. So it's kind of loads of people. I was listening to your episode TV. last night. Oh, really? Oh, right. Okay. Oh, the, uh, yeah, this soap from the box one. Yeah. I was like, I'm just yeah. going to listen to this to make sure I'm not repeating anything. <laughs> no, I'm glad you listened to it. I'm glad you listened to it. Because like, Lee's, Lee's one of my best mates and he's, um, and he was like, will you help me out? Will you come and do the stage version? I was like, yeah, okay, cool. So we had it all planned out. We had all the promo out for, I think it was June, the end of June. Yeah. Um, and we just had to change it all again. It's you know, so I've had to push horrible. it back another month because of um, obviously because of COVID. I know, um, especially when you've done the posters, you've done the promotion, and you've done you, you know tickets. you've got yourself prepared for it, and yeah, sold tickets. <laughs> we like people have to get refunds now and buy new ones and all that jazz. You know, and then it's like, are those um, people gonna so yeah, come it back? Is stressful. Are those people gonna rebuy yeah. their tickets? It's like, I, yeah. I don't know. I'm just getting really like frustrated because like I'm the only one of my family that lives in Scotland so like my dad's family lives in Newcastle and my mum's family lives in Brighton so like 22 and a half thousand people can go and sit in Wembley but legally I can't go and see my family yeah of course of course like yeah. and that just seems know, like it, it, the stupid reason yeah it re no it really does it really does and you know and especially like holidays and things like that and you know, you think, oh, I can't do this yet. But I'm sure, like, some of my friends are like on holiday somewhere, beautiful yeah. and amazing. I'm like, how are you over there? I mean, yeah. they're allowed to be there. I'm like, how are you there? And I can't, mm. you know, sit. yeah, it's crazy. It is crazy. And just um, for everyone listening at home, we are not like undermining coronavirus or anything. We're very aware of oh, how God, devastating no. it's been. Absolutely. It's not. just when there's like 30,000 people on a street in London and I can't <laughs> go and see my mother. Um, but I was yeah, really, yeah. I resonated really much with what you said about like doing things for yourself because with this podcast, I made the, yes. the the solemn oath to myself when I started it that I would never check how many people listen to it. Like, so to this day, yeah. I do not know how many people listen to this podcast. I know it's doing well because I wow. get things to say that it's charting in certain countries. Yeah, yeah. But since I started doing that and creating content, I don't really care how many people listen to it. I'm making so much better stuff and it's obviously doing well. Well, yeah, I think, I think it is that, um, I think it's the same with, you know, auditions. It's the same with when you've got jobs and you're doing the jobs. I think as soon as you think I'm doing this for myself, I'm not doing this to impress anybody else. I'm not doing this to try and win somebody over. I'm not, you know, going into this audition and, you know, desperate to make this director love me, whatever, you're going in for yourself, you're doing the best possible job you can do, and then you're leaving, and you're mm -hmm. leaving that behind. Um, I think once you get to that realisation, it, as an actor, can be the most brilliant thing 
for your mind you know yeah. your mental health and stuff I think it's um I think it's really important it's taken me a long time to get there though a hell of a long time it was like um, I realized that I could do well in auditions because the people on the panel wanted me to do well they want to go home they want to say yeah, yeah. we found him <laughs> like job's done for the day and that just totally reworked my mind where I was like, right, they're not against me. They want me to do Yeah, it. of course. They want to find you. They want to find someone good. They want to find someone for the, the best person for the part. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I've been in there and you kind of think, oh, they're going to hate me or, you know, I'm sure they want the next person that's going in. But actually, they wouldn't have you going in if they found that person yeah. yet or that, you know, or they had someone else in mind. They're looking for someone. So just go in and do the best job. And I think... Um, I think it's very hard to just focus on the audition, the script, how you're going to play it. Um, of course, being yourself and personable in the audition is important, but it's very hard to just focus on that and not let your mind wander and go to different places of, um, oh, I wonder what the director wants or looking at what the director's done before. Or oh, that actress, she's prettier than me. She's, um, you know, she's done better jobs than me. Like, why would they want me? Or why would they want, you know, you start questioning all yeah. these things and your mind just goes <laughs> crazy um, and it takes your mind off the job at hand completely. Yeah, because I had an audition last year, just as we were in August last year, just as we were coming out of COVID lockdown sort of thing. Yeah, It was my first audition after I dropped out of drama school and... I just crumbled under the pressure of it being what it, I'll edit it out, but it was like, I crumbled it under yeah. the pressure of it being that. Was yeah. that the same sort of, because we live in a different age now. We live in an age where the Pritchard brothers have just been on Hollyoaks. Um, when you first oh. joined. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I've, I've watched, I've been I've very vocal. And I mean, they seem like absolutely lovely boys, but wow. GCSE drama wow. come through I mean and do you know I mean it's um this sounds really bad my agent rang me I've always said I wouldn't do another soap you see which I probably won't do I never say never but um and he Unless rang me and said, I know, I know. he said listen you know you've had no um I think for Hollyoaks and I thought nope <laughs> you know you said no because and, and that sounds so awful but I just thought I just yeah, I just watched that clip a few days before and I just thought it's not for me that. Not you know, for me that pal. <laughs> Hollyoaks are, are so great with like they do a lot of trailblazing storylines and oh, are God, so often yeah. the first yeah. to do things. And they really like cement themselves as one of the best soaps in Britain. And then they go and do stuff like that and cast people who yeah. can't act. I was texting yeah, exactly. all of my friends when that came out and I was like, what's the point? We may as well give up. Oh, I know. I think it was, I, I showed my husband the clip and he was like, I mean, he's, he's not an actor. He has a very normal, like nine to five job. And, um, and he was just, even he just went, Sammy, I was better because he did GCSE drama. I was better GCSE <laughs> drama than those clips. I sound like I'm being really bitchy here. Oh, listen, um, right. We but, can all say that the Pritchard people, uh, brothers, are probably the nicest people in the world. But that totally. acting, I mean, they're not getting any awards for it. It was shit. No, no, no. And yeah, it was, it was, it was really hard to watch. <laughs> it was and, really hard to watch. And props to them because they might have done a little bit of work, but they probably they still got paid. So you know what? They're doing better than me. Yeah. Of course, of course. And, and, and I know, I think sometimes when you see things like that, or when you see uh, someone you don't think is necessarily right for the part, not as extreme as the Pritchard Brothers, but so it's not right for the part, and you can go, oh, I mean, again, I might as well just give up. I might as well just give up. Yeah. If they've got that, you know, especially if you've been for the part and you think you're way more right for it, for example, yeah. you know, it can yeah, be quite soul-destroying. Like yeah. me and all of my friends, like, all of my friends that are in the industry, we've all gone through at least three years of training. And then if not more, yeah. if they went on to uni. Yeah. Curtis Pritchard done three months in the Love Island Villa and is now getting yeah. these jobs. Yeah, like, exactly. That exactly. is what was just like, I was like, yeah. nah. Um, but moving on, other than the Pritchard brothers, because that's not <laughs> what we're here to talk about. Um, what I always like to ask everyone is how did you get into acting and what was your very first role? And we love a nativity story. So if you've got one, please share. Oh, I have a wonderful nativity story. So I was the ass for two years running. Love that. <laughs> In the nativity. So I was obviously so good at playing the ass that 
I was given the role again. Did they make you audition again or was it just like, right, you're going to be... No, no, no. Straight in the part. (laughs) You're that part straight away. Everyone's auditioning and you're just like... "Mm, Yeah. I must have looked so good in those grey tights, pump shoes, little polar net, grey polar net. (laughs) I'm Um, devastated because none of my family can remember what I was in the nativity. Really? I I think, do you know what though? As a big parent, I, uh, I think you do zone out a little bit when you go watch them. it just leads me to believe that I was nothing good oh no that's quite heartbreaking <laughs> I mean I probably I was like that I bet like, you were you say this in school I was like that attention seeking kid so I was probably yeah. the one in the background that was playing the doorknob like Jesus I've got you like you <laughs> kind of feel the show light um but no I was that annoying little kid so the teachers were probably like you just sit in the back and you just have a minute over there yeah let everyone yeah. else have a go <laughs> you, you can say hello yeah yeah, yeah that's what it would have um, been but yeah so I think so that that was my I was supposed supposedly really you know my first acting job uh starting this career and then then I I was a dancer actually um which kind of linked into the, you know, stage school world. So I did stage school for, that's why when I was nine to 15. And so within that, I was doing dancing auditions. Um, and, you know, like back in the day, it used to be like open auditions at like yeah. the Manchester Opera House or the Palace Theatre in Manchester. And you used to like have to queue around the block. You never see open auditions so now. <laughs> hey? You never see open auditions now and so many like massive actress actors and actresses got their start like harry yeah. potter movies would like open casting for any new part yeah. and now it's yeah. like no you need uh spotlight three professional credits and an agent yeah exactly 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 which i kind of agree with in a in a way for some jobs but a lot of the time you go I mean god they found some unbelievable actors who haven't yeah. got an agent who haven't got a spotlight who haven't you know but yeah so I, I my first one was for uh Great Expectations which was at the Manchester Opera House with Darren Day was in the lead and I got it so I was 11 and it was like my first like Manchester Opera House for me coming from Bolton um was like the theatre you know yeah. you all went to watch the shows there when you were little so yeah, it was, I was just over the moon. I think I got paid like 26 quid a week, <laughs> you know. I mean, there's 26 huge, quid huge more than some amount. of your friends. Yeah, I know. I was, I was actually over the moon now. I mean, I was 11, <laughs> so that's quite a lot of money then. Um, so yeah, I did that. And then I just kind of, I did another one with Darren Day at Summer Holiday. Um, and then quite a lot of theatre shows around Manchester, a couple in London as well. And then I got to 15 and my agent was like, you know, you've got um, an audition for Emmerdale. It was my first TV audition. Yeah. And I was terrified, obviously. And um, so I got here. I mean, I got my first TV acting audition, which is just Must insanely be nice. lucky. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. I wish that happened now every time I went. Um so yeah, I mean, I was I was felt very out of my depth. Um, it was to obviously play Andy's wife, who, you know, at the time was just such a huge character. Jack yeah. Sugden was going to play like my, you know, it was just that storyline at that time. I think Andy had just killed his mom and in the fire, and it was just huge things. So going in, I think I was in my school uniform. I was late. I had a migraine. I think I'd just thrown up in the car on the way on the M62. Um, I had mud all the way up my pants at the back. <laughs> I'd kicked mud all the way up running for the car. I just felt really like flustered and unprepared. Yeah. And but I yeah, mean, the Sugdens were it. like the they were like the staple Emmerdale family, maybe other than the Dingles at the time. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And I remember like one of my first scenes was walking into the Sugden house, and my character was like dressed in like. <laughs> She had like like goggles, biker goggles. She had like tiny little micro skirt, big biker boots, yeah. loads of makeup, hair everywhere. Um, she meant to be a bit like crazy. Um, so I had to like walk into the Sugden farm dressed like that from one of my first scenes and having a scene with Clive, who played Jack and Kelvin, who played Andy. And I just, the fear was just <laughs> next level, you know, like, you know, when you black out completely. You know, yeah. you don't know. If someone had said, what's your name? You'd be like, I'm, I'm not sure, really. Do you know? That reminds um, me, um, we play a game on the podcast called Stage Right or Stage Shite. And 
one of my favorite stories that's ever been sent in was a guy who was it was either his broadway or his west end debut and he was going out to do stage door and somebody handed him a program and he got so flustered that he forgot how to spell his own name <gasps> oh i get it i totally get it and i was it. like that is one of my favorite stories <laughs> that i will ever get in my life and i was just like it's something i'd do yeah, totally. But you can't, I mean, God, those like, those blackout nerves, it happens. I mean, I've had it loads of times on stage as well. You wonder how, when you do actually black out and you think, I can't remember any line from the whole of the play. Yeah. Never mind the one I've got next. Can't remember any of them. But somehow you manage to, you know, move forward. I've only ever forgotten um, my lines once on stage. How was, was that? It was while I, I was doing Macbeth. And it was like <gasps> a scene. You can't it, make it up then. You it can't was the beginning live. of one of my giant monologues. Oh and I was my like, word. for fucks, you've picked some <laughs> time, Ingram. You're the only one on stage. And now you can't remember. So I was like, we had a bar because we sat hours in a strip club. So yeah. I was like, right, just go behind the bar and pour yourself a drink. Take a minute, just calm down. And I went yeah. and I, I got the bottle of Jack Daniels, poured a drink, took a drink. And then I was like, ah, there's the line. <laughs> I was like, let's, after like three minutes of just me pouring this drink. Um, but then in another show that I was in, I had this massive glass decanter on my desk and I had to like slam the desk and shout someone's name. And I got so nervous on opening night that in rehearsals, it had moved, it had like jumped, but it never went anywhere. But I was like, what if it's the night that it falls off the desk? So I held it, slammed the desk, but there was nowhere for the force to go because I was holding it down. And all I remember is I said, Tom, I shouted the name. The top popped off of the decanter, flew across stage, and the whole thing just crumbled in my hands. And you what know, what do you do? Like, what? How do you cover that? Well, everyone thought it was supposed to happen, which was really Great, lucky. <laughs> but I'm sitting there like, this isn't supposed to happen. It's crystal glass, it's all over me. It's all over my hands. I was like, do not stop. Do not stop. Keep going. Yeah. So I kept going and then there was yeah. a bit where I had to go and fix someone's tie and I just took an extra minute to like use both hands to check that I wasn't cut. And I was like... Covered in glass. I was like... Thanks. I know, we, I, uh, yeah, that happened at the uh, the play I did last year. Um, where Which was One Good it, Night, wasn't it? Yeah, One Good Night. So that was about kind of domestic violence and there was the scene where uh, my characters... It's like a dream sequence, really, but she gets her revenge on her boyfriend who's um you know been pretty horrific to her and uh, basically it's not funny but basically she's you know abusing him she's the one that's fighting back um and getting her own back um and she kind of picks him up um she kind of has super strength in this sequence and she kind of picks him up by the neck um and like so it's we're wrestling each other back to the um the back of the stage and I walk into this glass and like on the table and a bottle of wine, two glasses, sorry. And they all just go everywhere on the floor. Now it was quite fast paced, this sequence and stuff. There's quite a lot to do straight afterwards as well. But all I could think of was the next scene, I'm lying down on the floor. Like I'm on the floor in the next scene. I was thinking I would carry on, I would carry on. But I mean, I'm super polite and things like this. Yeah. I don't think I'd ever go, hey, stop everyone, stop. But we did have to stop the, the, the show. We had to stop and clean up because otherwise I wouldn't have been able to do the whole yeah. of the rest of the, the show, you know, sending people on your sweeping brushes. It kind <laughs> of like ruins the scene a little bit. But, you know. Well, that's what we thought was going to happen. But because it was like it was like levels. So there was a bottom level, then a middle level and a top level where I was yeah. like, you know, drama school performances, hierarchy levels. <laughs> yeah. He's the boss. So he's at the top. <laughs> Like oh, we yeah. were really quite lucky that the glass was only really on top and I was leaving after that line anyway and didn't come back. So we were all like, but that's what I was worried about. I was like, yeah, I've just got this whole show cancelled. The whole show cut as if, as if. Um, <laughs> but you've gotten to do so many amazing things, to name a few, Emmerdale, Panto, Lead Belly, Prey. What has been your biggest what the fuck is happening moment? Um, In a good way, do you mean? Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, you can tell I us the bad way as well if you want. No, no. I, do you know what? I don't feel yet I've not had a what the hell am I doing moment, which is good, I think, for any actor. Um, 
but yeah, I think my best was I did a drama called Fearless, which uh, I got to work with Helen McCrory, Such which was amazing. Actress. Yeah, so I mean, she's sadly passed away now, like recently. Um, you know, she's she it was one of those things where I've watched her for so long and I've always really admired her, like wholeheartedly. Just thought, God, like she's just she just has that aura, and and, um, and I just thought. I'd love to work with her one day. And then finally, like, I got the chance to. Like, I had actual scenes with her, which was phenomenal. And afterwards, you know, she came. I'd had, I'd done, like, four or five scenes with her. And then I was finished on my last day. And she came over to find me. She, like, gave me a big hug. And she said, um, you know, we love, we love working with you. I just spoke to the director. We just said, we wish you had more stuff to do with us and gave me a massive oh. hug. And she said, it's been a pleasure to work with you. And I was like, you know, you walk off and you go, oh my God, I need to call Martin. I'm calling Martin right now. So like, oh, Helen's yeah. just said this. Can you? And it really was. And I think because it's so rare as an actor to get any kind of like, just a little bit of an ego boost or someone saying, yeah. do you know what? I really enjoyed working with you or I thought you were really good in that scene. It's so rare. I think people expect that we're getting loads of praise all the time. We don't. Oh no, it's the opposite. <laughs> it's you're the on opposite. Instagram and everyone's telling you you're shit. Yeah, exactly. And how bad you are, how bad you, all that stuff. So uh, for me, that was a really like poignant moment. Yeah. yeah. I love yeah. Helen McCrory. Like, and since she's obviously really sadly passed, there's a lot of them. Um, people come out and said that they were like extras on the Harry Potter films and it was obviously really cold and they never gave the extras like big coats or anything to keep them warm and apparently Helen was the only actress from like the main cast that came out and said right no all these people this isn't okay coats and things which I mean I love that I'm Heather Spiden. And I'm Ingram Noble, but you already know that because you've been listening to me chat shit with Sammy Winwood for the past however long you've been listening. And as promised on episode 34, the one with me, this is where we update you. So if you're new here, Heather and I are two playwrights from Glasgow and we have a brand new show called This Is Where We Get Off coming to the Webster's Theatre next April. So while we've been in this whole process of putting on a show for the first time, we couldn't really find anything that was like sort of a guide, a step-by-step guide of how to put on your own show. So this is what we're aiming to do in every month, the last episode of every month of Drama School Dropout. we'll be coming and we'll be interrupting and just updating you on how we're doing things and what we're doing so please continue to tune in if you want to put on your own show and you can learn what two fucking idiots are doing so we'll learn what not to do exactly (laughs) so without further ado let's get into it this month's segment of this is where we update you we're going to talk to you about casting a really important part of the play and in fact one of the funnest and most stressful parts when you're putting on a show well as you know any show needs a good cast and we have definitely found that so we're going to talk to you a little bit about that process but first we would like to let the cast of this is where we get off introduce themselves to you hi my name is ruth martin I'm playing Yvonne. My name is Robert McCahill. I'll be playing Philip. Hello, I'm Lynn Whittaker and I'm playing Sylvia. Hi, I'm Leah Moorhouse and I'm playing Rhonda. Hi, my name is Josh Knowles. I'm playing Lip and this is where we get off at the Webster's Theatre. So, Hev, let's talk about casting. Let's do it. Let's take it back to the start where we first knew for sure that we were going to put this on and you posted that little advert asking for actors for our play uh, Facebook I think it was yep, Facebook, backstage, Mandy actors uh, everywhere that I could put them that we didn't have to pay to advertise yeah. that's the good thing about you know these days is social media and online, yeah. It's you can market something and not spend a penny, it's great exactly. and that's going to help us because we have literally no money, <laughs> no money. <laughs> so if anyone would like to donate, the email for High Productions is in the show notes of this podcast, please yeah. feel free to PayPal as a couple of We're really good people, I think you should give us a fire. <laughs> <laughs> but casting is arguably the funnest forward slash stressiest is that a word it can be it's now a word stressiest (laughs) it it definitely was stressy it not getting people to apply or send in tapes because we had a number of hugely talented actors yeah we did amazing Uh i think actually then sitting down and being like 
who are we picking is the stressy yeah. part. Yeah, narrowing it down was also, the hardest. The word for stressiest is stressful. <laughs> <laughs> Every day is a school day. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, narrowing it down because there was there were so many that for, we could see working for yeah. the character, and it was just, do you know, it took. A few arguments, yeah, uh, a couple of conversations. We normally are pretty much on the same wavelength yeah. in regards to what works, which is why we work. Exactly. But we, yeah. we were like, we're close. I was nearly throwing hands. I know. <laughs> uh, leaving Heather with broken nose. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it was, I could see both of our points. So for some of the characters, yeah. there was say two or three really strong that's contenders. that's the hardest point. Yeah. But I think... When it got down to it, it was... I was being stubborn. You were being stubborn. <laughs> I mean, I was being stubborn. But it was take, watching them all again and taking a step back and thinking, instantly, out of these three, who do you see being that character? Like, Who yeah. reminds you of them the most? You really have to take a step back and think about... Because this is also what I say to... Because I've auditioned for some friends who have got stuff on. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, by the way, if you don't cast me, I'm I'm cool. I'm very aware that your decision has to be what's best for the show. Yeah. And friendships don't come into it. Although we weren't really faced with that issue, but we had to take a step back and actually sit and say, well, yeah, these are all great, Mm -hmm. but he's just slightly greater and is the best option for our show. Yeah. And we did get that in the end, you know, after watching and rewatching. And after me bullying you into I don't know. <laughs> well but to be fair, like both so we'll talk about it. Uh, Lip. Yeah. Lip it was, was Josh. the um, Yeah, so Josh Knowles, as we said, we gave him the part of Lip. He's absolutely you know fantastic. What? I feel really bad because I can't remember the other actor's name because I really wish I could shout him out, but I'm not gonna go in and look for it just now. <laughs> no, I know. And we did what we literally did what yeah. so that's that's okay. Um but Yeah, I think as well what swung it for me with Josh was actually just speaking to him. Yeah. And getting to know him sort of as a person i was sort of like okay your lip like do you know what i mean yeah and he has a lot of the same interests as well but it was good so lip was face well he was in competition with this other boy who was also he, he was, was so he amazing. was good josh you in danger girl uh no not at all <laughs> also just to point out josh will be um, making an appearance on the podcast very soon and we can we, we talk more in depth about it as well and how auditions and all that work. So tune in for that when it comes out. So just to conclude that little bit about you know talking about Josh and the yeah. the competition with all the other people who were just as talented, it's important to just take a step back, detach yourself from it completely. It's like seeing it with fresh eyes. Yeah. Just think to yourself, who who is the character? So as anyone who listened to episode 34, I keep saying that number, it's going to come back and haunt us where <laughs> you were on, we spoke about putting on a rehearsed reading to raise money, which I'm sure will end up being another segment because money and raising money is a major a huge, issue. huge, part of the show. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But we have two returning cast members from that cast. I forgot the word for cast there. <laughs> no, no, we have two. Um, so we have Robert and Lynn returning. Yeah. So they were both part of the initial rehearsed reading that we did over Zoom through lockdown. Uh, obviously both great. They mm-hmm. came back uh, and we're buzzing to have them yeah. back, aren't we? Like They so, just brought such life to something that's you know, sitting. You can't, you can't express yourself as much sitting behind a camera. Do you know what I mean? But they did an absolute fantastic job. They, yeah, they were amazing. I also know Robert personally. He mm. was the year below me at college. So what, three years below you? I don't think you've... I, yeah, you've met Robert in person because we've done the photo shoot and things. Yeah. I was like, have you met Robert in person <laughs> do you know yet? Who Robert is? Yeah. I do, yeah. Um, so Robert's returning and Lynn, who is so amazing. Really? So amazing. Yeah. And I, like, I can't wait to like see what she actually does with like physicality yeah, and things and like that. Being and on a stage. I'm actually so glad to give her the opportunity to bring this character to life on a stage mm. because when we were doing the rehearsed reading, do you remember she, because we're dealing with so dementia is mm. one of the sort of strong themes in that and it's a sensitive subject Mm -hmm. you want to do it justice so she went and she got sort of acting lessons herself how to deal with something like this and do it believably committed she is she grafted so hard to bring that character to life and i cannot wait to put her on a stage to do it me neither and lynn was one of those um castings we should talk about this Mm. we cast lynn based on a headshot yeah like that was she sent a tape we asked her for a tape and things but we both like i sent you the headshot when it came through and that we were both like this is sylvia let's get a tape off her i hope she isn't shit yeah no that's exactly how it is sometimes you just see someone and do when i when we were both writing the play i'm Mm. like that she is what was in my head you know what i mean it was just 
I was like this sheer luck, but and lucky for us, her tape was also fantastic. She wasn't shit. You're not shit. And talking about fantastic tapes, Ruth. Ruth. We, we cast Ruth within five seconds. seconds. Three or like, five. <laughs> Ruth said the first sentence and we were like, that is a bond. Yeah. And this is the really cool thing as well, that you're going to get, if you are ever casting or anything, you're going to just find people that are instantly the person they're auditioning for. Yeah. Which yeah. is so amazing. And that's like the sort of easiest bit about it is when you do have those moments. Let's talk about the casting that makes me kind of nervous to get in the rehearsal room. Yeah, Leah. Leah. So, Leah, we love you, Leah. Yeah, big shout out she, to Leah. Fantastically talented, but Leah is actually our old college lecturer. So when yeah. we were both doing acting and performance in Glasgow, Glasgow Kelvin, Kelvin College. Shout out to you. Yeah, if, um, again, sign up if you want to do acting. It's dead great. It is. It's a really good course taught by the fabulous <laughs> taught Leah. Taught by Leah. But yeah, so we've got cast her in our play and it's uh, it's going to be a little bit of role reversal. Yeah, because uh, we and went... And that is it's scary. Yeah, 100%. We went from being directed by Leah mm. to now directing Leah. And I'm so scared to give her notes. <laughs> I know. But the other thing is, it's just, it's that taboo of it, isn't it? It's like, oh, tell you don't let you what to do. But yeah. like we said before, we're all professional now. We're not our students anymore. And like nothing. I think she'll take everything on board. Oh, yeah. And, and well, obviously she's we're not bring... assholes. No, we're, we're not. We're not, we're not going to do... be like, you're shit. We're, and we're not going to just for fun. Like, do you remember that time you told me I was five minutes late and made me sit outside? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a chair in the hall. Get out. Get out. <laughs> Outlier. But no, what's great as well is I think a lot of well we've not started yet, but a lot of our directing style and the techniques we use are, are gonna, gonna be, be things that she yeah. did to us that worked. So it's gonna make it also then easier because straight off the bat one of our cast understands the style that we're going for. A hundred percent and understands how we work and I'm very open to taking you know, some advice from her as well. And not only is she used to, she produces, God, how many shows a year. Yeah. She knows what she's doing. She's so She's talented. also a really good actor. So we have landed on our feet there. Um, and it is, ne- is nerve wracking. Do you yeah. know what I mean? But I think after the first couple of rehearsals are out of the way oh, and we're be, into the swing of it, it'll be fine. Heather, I hate to do this. I have to cut you off. Sammy is back from a break and we need to get back to the rest that's of okay. the episode. She is way more interesting. That's okay. And she's more interesting than me too. So that's why, pe- <laughs> that's why people are here. They don't want to listen to me waffle. So take it away, Hev. Okay, so tickets for This Is Where We Get Off at the Webster's Theatre on the 21st of April, 2022. A week after my birthday, so please come and buy me drinks because I will be in need of them. So you can get your tickets from www.webstersglasgow.com. Uh, follow all our socials. The link is up there as well. So yeah, I am all in at Kev Spiden. <laughs> you got to get that in, haven't yeah, I was you? Like, at him. <laughs> so, all yeah. of our social media links and uh, ticket links and everything that you need to know will be down in the description below. And you can follow us for all of the exclusive updates. We will both be back next month with another instalment of This Is Where We Update You. So please follow along to find out what happened next. And there we have it. For the very first time, we have updated you. And now I'm going to throw it back to me and Sammy. So enjoy the rest of the episode. Before COVID, you were doing a lot of acting workshops. Are they going to come back once we're allowed back out and things? Yeah, definitely. Do you know what? I really enjoyed them. I think it was... um, So they're for, you know, kids up to 18... Um, and it's oh well there's me stuff. out of the game there's you out the loop <laughs> yeah um so it is their workshops basically like you know I was telling you earlier about me walking on set for the first day and being terrified I'd never been on a tv set apart from doing extra work so nobody tells you how to do that I didn't know what a boom was I didn't know where to go on a mark I didn't know um you know, how many cameras there were going to be. I didn't know about continuity. I didn't know about prop, like anything. So me walking onto set and not having a clue and that absolute fear of someone going, can you stand on your mark? And I'm thinking, what the hell is mark? I don't know what you're about. <laughs> yeah. But like just winging it. So I thought I'd set up these workshops to show the kids basically what is going on behind you know, not in, in the front as well, and a bit of TV acting, but the main thing is like the booms, the camera work, um, continuity, you know, how things are filmed basically, and the little kind of bits and bobs behind the scenes that you don't get taught unless That's you've been the on the TV. That's the most valuable set. information you can get given. 
Yeah. Like, I remember. Yeah. And they love it as well. They're all holding the boom poles. They're all doing the, the filming it, you know, and then they get to watch themselves back. And, and it's really nice seeing them have a lovely time, you know, being able to pass on that knowledge as well. Yeah. That's so important. Like I remember the first time we were doing a show in college and it was the first time I'd not done a school show in the school hall. And we went into the theater and we were only in there for one day. But I was like, this has been so important because I've learned how to work around this theater. I, yeah. I know what's expected yeah. of me now. And I was like, this probably wasn't even to give us a show. This was to introduce us to yeah. like all of this because yeah. it's been a mental few days. Well, this is it and as well. It's like, you know, how do you know how to do those things until you have got the job and you're doing it? Yeah. A lot of the time, you know, um, there isn't really like a step in the, you know, there isn't a step yeah. in the middle to do to find out how to do that. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I think I will. I, I stopped doing them obviously because of COVID. Um, uh, but I just thought, yeah, I, I would love to. I could probably start up again quite soon, hopefully. Um, but yeah, I'm, I've actually missed them quite a bit, to be honest. I mean, a little business idea you could write a book and you could put all of your workshop into a book, and then I could buy it because yeah. I'm over 18. Yeah. <laughs> you're over 18 i can't come to the workshop that might sound a bit weird actually (laughs) yeah that might be like is this the 50 shades of gray version over 18 only yeah go by (laughs) what musical would you love to be in i know you said you're a dancer and things um oh oh that's so tough um lame is would be one because every song just makes me Who would cry. you want to play in Les Mis? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. It's, did you know what? I just, I love the song. Um, oh, of course, I've forgotten the song now because I've completely blacked out. <laughs> I dreamed I mean, a dream, sorry. I dreamed, so I dreamed a dream. So whenever I've had a couple of drinks, me and my friends will always blast yeah. that one out. And I didn't know that you were a great singer because obviously I listened to the Soap on the Box <laughs> podcast and... Um, yeah, played the clip. <laughs> no, not ish. He played the clip of you singing at his wedding, and I was like, "No chance, no chance." Is that the same person? Oh. I, well, I just never knew that you could sing. I'm ju- I, I do sing. I do sing, but I've only really discovered my voice in like the past like seven, eight years, really. Um, and I get really nervous. I have sung on stage and stuff like that, but um. I don't know. I just get really nervous. If someone asked me to sing in front of them, I'd like, okay, turn around. Yeah. Don't look at me. Okay. And then I'll sing. Um, I just don't really have the confidence quite as much as most people really. Yeah. But yeah, I, mean, I do love it. I do. I do absolutely love it. Um, if it makes yeah, you feel I better, like, I cannot sing and do have the confidence to sing in front of everyone. So like, you know what I, I love mean? that. I was in the shower the other night and I wasn't just singing. I was giving a concert and I live on my own. And I was like, I was belting Aretha Franklin. You make me feel like a natural woman. And my best friend <laughs> lives across song. the road. My best friend lives across the road and his little brother's friends were all outside smoking joints in their car. <gasps> And my window was oh, open. God. And then there's just me going, you make me feel. <laughs> and I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, oh. no. I was what like, was their reaction? Do you know? I, I, no, I don't know. Like, I don't know if they actually heard, but their windows were down in their car. Like, I haven't they seen them They would have either since. laughed their heads off or just been so chilled to not to yeah. have heard anything at all. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I, I need that. to go and see them, though, because they need to pay for the concert that I put on. See, that confidence is amazing. Like, I would have probably just cowered and thought, well, that's me never seeing them ever again. See, so... like, I just know, like, I, I, I've never be, never claimed to be anything other than shit at singing. So it's like, I'm not, like, nobody's discovering anything new. I think yeah, maybe that's maybe that's the key because you're saying I don't feel like I'm good at it, so it's like well, there's nothing to lose. Genuinely, told whereas you. if you feel like you are, you feel like you can do it or you're okay. I think the thought of someone judging you and going, actually, you're not. Yeah, actually, you're not that great. Is worse. It's yeah, a lot whereas worse. I'm actually yeah. tone deaf and I'm very aware. <laughs> so anybody that tells me that, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Let's talk about Emmerdale. 
So on okay. the 18th of July, 2001, if my research is right, your life changed. Um, so I was going to ask what the audition process was like for that, but you sort of yeah. spoke about it. But what was that, see that first year of being on Emmerdale Farm? If you had to pick one word, how would you describe your life for that first? <sighs> Busy. <laughs> very busy um it was I was thrown in the deep end in terms of storylines it wasn't like just kind of you know an odd scene here or there like to establish my character yeah. it was straight away like in with a bang like you were working 12 hours a day five six days a week um but I was still doing school as well it was my last year of high school so I still had to figure out GCSEs. how you know to do both of those do GCSEs I was a bit of a geek though so I kind of I was fine I was like revising and stuff on set and, um you know so I did manage to do that but it was just very hectic I loved it though I absolutely loved it and I knew that it was going to be life-changing because um you know again I was I was doing some fantastic stuff for a person of that age but it was that thing of you know uh I wasn't necessarily not allowed, but I couldn't do any higher education after that. I was like, yeah. no, no, this is what you're doing now. You know, I know it because I wanted to do history. See, I love history. Um, history was one of my favorite subjects at school. Yeah, I just, I'm obsessed with it. I literally, <laughs> it's all I read about. Um, but yeah, so I just found myself in a thing of like, no, this is what you're going to do. You've got yeah. a full-time job now at 15. Mm. You can't do A-levels because you won't be able to fit in when you're doing that many hours. Mm. So here's your career here's your life like go for it you know um so yeah the first year was hectic but it was um god I learned a hell of a lot like I yeah. said I've not done any tv work before so uh I learned a hell of a lot in that job that first year especially mm. yeah what I wanted to ask as well was because you spoke about there was a scene with you and Verity Rushworth that you were like yeah. herding pigs in bikinis <laughs> And I, yeah. I know you've told the story a few times, so I'm not going to ask you again. But what I was wondering was you were thrown right in the deep end with a miscarriage storyline. Yeah. And I was listening to the episode of the podcast that you were on. Well, it was a while ago, but I was listening to it last night. And you said that that was quite difficult to do and get into character at like 15 year old. Do you think like that now, obviously, with times changing and like there maybe being a bit more around like the protection of child performers do yeah. you think that they would hand out a miscarriage storyline to a 15 year old now yeah I, I think they would I think they would I mean back then with the miscarriage stuff like you know we were told about it before we were asked about it you know are we okay we, you know my, my mom was brought in and stuff to ask if it was all right um and it was very tough because you know if you you're so young you know you haven't even like been pregnant yet you haven't had even thought yeah. about having a baby yet in your real life and you know to be kind of put into the position of having to tell that story of being pregnant and losing a baby which so many people are going to watch and have been through miscarriage themselves you're like oh my god like this is a hell of a lot of pressure for 15 year olds like I've got to nail this you know yeah. and I remember getting really really stressed out about it but I thought look, you know, all I can do is show how I would deal with it as myself being a 15 year old. Like I wouldn't have a clue how yeah. I was going to react emotionally. I wouldn't know what, you know, what was going to happen, how I was going to feel. So use that, play that. Your character will be the same. She yeah. won't know what's going to happen. I don't how think gonna, any 15 you know? year old has got a clue what would be going on. No, exactly. So, you know, I, I actually, a lot of that period of time with the storylines, I took a lot from how I would deal with it. Yeah. You know, because I hadn't lived through it. I hadn't been through any of those things. I was so young. So I just had to go, right, okay, what would I do now? If that happened to me now, how would I react? How would I, you know? So yeah. a lot of Katie when I was younger was pretty much me, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, it worked. It, it, you didn't do anything wrong. Do you have a favourite moment? I was listening to this pod, the podcast last night and you were talking about your best ever line on Emmerdale, which I was howling at four o'clock in the morning and it's I saw so my neighbors this morning and they were like what were you laughing at last night <laughs> and it was the line where you said um you'd just broken up with I can't remember what his name was and you said I'm really sorry I just love horses oh yeah I like, mean I was, was laughing at that four o'clock in the morning <laughs> and making the most noise like I think I was trying to wake people up 
it was just it was just one of those scenes where uh I was swing I was on a swing as well which adds to the total soapiness of the line yeah. uh and Matthew Wolferdin's character David That's had to like come was. behind me and kind of you know go you know are you okay like god you look really like cut up and and stuff so I had to be swinging on this swing and just kind of go oh I don't know I just you know I just just really love horses <laughs> and had to like break down but can you imagine trying to get through that line and not laughing yeah like genuinely looking so cut up yet you've you're so sad you've had to go about loving horses you've had to go and sit on a swing on your own <laughs> she needs to get a bit of a life, life really doesn't she <laughs> you know um and just trying to get to that was just hell not laughing was hell on earth so uh <laughs> your character passed away in the show yeah if they came back is there any sort of thing that they could say would want to bring katie back would you do it like if there was like a realistic way of like you know like kathy from eastenders even though that wasn't really uh, realistic. No, no. Do you know what? I have asked to go, been asked to go back. Oh, exclusive. Um, Somebody called the sun. <laughs> no, it was a few years ago, but it was to go back as a ghost. So uh, I said no, because I just couldn't envisage how that would work without it being. A, I don't know. I think I've kind of gone to yeah and, and i'm sure it would have been in a realistic way that like you know andy was it would have been for andy i'm sure but you know andy would have just seen me you know and kind of um having visions of me and stuff but when he really first asked me i don't know why but i was like picturing like katie being all in like hazy like ooh, like coming in you know to the back i've of only shot ever or... seen it done really well in one soap and it was when oh. Peggy Mitchell died and Pat came back. Yes. And I was oh, like, I yeah, believe yeah. it. I was like, I see, because yeah. the character sort of was a bit, I don't want to say the word loopy, but loopy. Yeah. It was like, yeah. I think that's what... that's when it works, isn't it? I think when yeah. the character is kind of having, you know, hallucination type thing, you know, I think that's when it works because you can bring the person in almost for real. Yeah, like it's not scene coming in you. and putting a white light around them and, yeah, or a white sheet with little holes. Yeah. In. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, but we're coming to the end of the podcast now, and I always like to play a game with everyone that comes on, and it's called Stage Right or Stage Shite, and these are stories sent in by the listeners, and two of them are sent in by the listeners and are totally real and true, and then one of them is made up by our producer Heather, and I'm just going to tell you, I read these last night when oh, I got no. them through, and the second one possibly maybe my second favorite story i've ever gotten on this podcast <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so i'm hoping that it's true and i've got there i've got the answer in a sealed envelope so that we can play along together so okay, we're looking cool. for the lie number one yeah. during my first year of teaching a boy was auditioning for our ba acting course and during his audition he just started to strip for some reason we let him on the course and over the year he found any excuse to get naked even in scenes that I assigned where I thought there was absolutely no reason to get naked <laughs> okay I, okay. I don't know like you say I'm confident with singing like I couldn't get naked <laughs> absolutely not oh my god where is that confidence come from I don't know um number two and now this is okay. this is something else this is just my favorite thing ever. During my final performance for uni, one of my classmates forgot her lines during a breakup scene. And my boyfriend, who was also on stage at the time, was so desperate to fill the silence that he just started singing Girls Just Want to Have Fun by Cindy Lauper. That was the only time I've ever corpsed what? on stage. <laughs> I'm just imagining this guy. I mean, back, back of the where? Again, where has that come from in your head to go, hey, I know, I know what will fill this silence. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I it's what works with a breakup. Like, she just wants to have fun. But, <laughs> I mean, I love that, that is my, I'm going to really use that in true. fact. Next time I black out, that is what I'm going to blast out. <laughs> it's going to be so in the paper. Sammy Winwood sings yeah. Cindy Lauper really on stage. Really somber, dramatic, intense scene. And then just. Get and then I'm out. just going to send them this clip. But then number three, the final <laughs> one. During a stage combat class, I got far too into it and accidentally kicked my partner in the balls and ruptured one of his testicles. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, okay. Oh, God. I can see all of those being true. I hope the first one isn't. So I hope he wasn't getting naked. I think that I think the first one might be the lie only because if you're getting naked loads of times, surely they're going to be not like, gonna get in stop, trouble. stop. <laughs> like people are going to go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not all right with this. I mean, if Do he had a mean? really good reason for getting naked. Like if, could you, yeah. but you can imagine he's like, from what I'm just thinking about it, you can imagine that the type of person that is like, no, I feel like the character would get naked because of X, Y, Z and this backstory that I've created. Like, do you know those actors? Yeah, but that can only get you so far, surely. <laughs> yeah. When it gets to like your fourth character out of five and you're going, I just genuinely feel that <laughs> and people are going to go bullshit. I like, mean, especially on, when they're saying, even in scenes that I assigned where I thought there was absolutely no reason to get naked. I mean, if the lecturer thinks you're taking the piss. I think that's a lie. I, I think it's a lie. It's I just think the lecturer would go... Put your clothes on. No. Yeah. <laughs> right, well, I let's do. open it and find out. Oh, yeah. God. I just hope that number two is true. If <laughs> that person did not sing, girls just want to have fun, I'm ending this podcast and never doing it ever again. Oh, wow. It was number three. No! Oh, so that oh man got gosh. naked. Oh, I feel so, so we, sorry for all of his classmates. What the heck? Like, where again, where does that come into your head to think yeah. that I'm going to do that? If you are that boy that got naked, me and Sammy would like to have a word Please with you. Get so in just touch. get in touch. The email for the uh, the email for the podcast is in the description notes. But we come to the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. Genuinely, I grew up watching Emmerdale and all of that and I remember sort of seeing you run about home farm in your wedding dress and obviously we were chatting about it before that we met years and years ago that we'd both forgotten about and my mom's like yeah. ask her if she remembers yet and I'm like I'm sure <laughs> she does she's probably got me as a wallpaper like you know ever Hosted since we met like sorts. 15 years yeah. ago like she's just well, been thank obsessed. you so much for having me thank uh, you yes, I've thank had you a really so much. nice where can everyone find you on social media? Because we've got to get those follows. Um, yeah, I've I've disabled my disabled my Twitter. I've not got Twitter Everyone's anymore. I tried to Twitter. like. Yeah, I've just. Uh, do you know what? I did three weeks off social media recently, and it was the best thing ever. Yeah, I Dare can't I do say it. it. I've got to tell Morgan to go fuck himself at least three times a day. Oh yeah, I've got <laughs> yeah. I have to tell him. I have. I, I to do. Stay on it for this. I want to get blocked, is what I want. <laughs> I want to, yeah, that is quite a good thing. Yeah, I've been blocked by Piers Morgan. It's quite I, a good one. I don't I like give that. anyone else hate. Like, I am totally against it. Like, if you've got you nothing nice to that. say. But Piers Morgan, me, and nobody in retrospect to Piers Morgan can take me telling him to go fuck himself. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm totally with you. I'm all for that one. I've never all ever commented one. on anyone else's stuff, though. Like, <laughs> I go out of my way to be nice. Yeah, same, same. I think I think Twitter just for me was I just wasn't using it in the right way. I yeah. suppose uh, I, I preferred Instagram just because it's more visual. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I'm Sammy Winwood one. I think it's quite easy. I mean, to it'll find all be in the description notes below. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm just on Instagram, really. Yeah, that's it. That's we it. We love a bit of um, Instagram. Um, but I'll let you get back to normal life, and I really hope that whatever happens with all of this shit show you and all of your loved ones are very safe and come Thank through you. it and things because um we need to go on a piss up that's what we need to do <laughs> yeah exactly exactly and then we can do karaoke and we can sing girls just want to have fun yeah and i'll do i'll do the high notes you do the low notes i Love mean it. i'll, I'll do whatever you there. leave spare i'll do whatever <laughs> you leave spare whatever you leave spare i like that I like <laughs> just that. point the mic out at me <laughs> yeah. i know the song um but i'll let you get back to normal life thank you so much for coming on thank you so Absolutely much Inger. i really appreciate it thank you. Happy Have a good day. thank you and you bye bye And there we have it, the end of another episode of Drama School Dropout, episode 38 completed. Thank you so much to Sammy for coming on the podcast, and make sure to follow us both on social media, which you'll find down in the show notes below. And if you're feeling extra generous, please leave a rating and a review on the podcast. It helps us so much. And please remember, if you have a story for Stage Right or Stage Shite, please email us at dramaschooldropoutpod at gmail.com. And I will be back again next week with a brand spanking new 
new episode and I'll be chatting to Ross Harmon direct from Heathers on the West End. And remember, tickets for This Is Where We Get Off are now available. All of the links that you'll need will be in the show notes below as per usual. Have a lovely week and I will see you again soon. Drama school dropout No graduation day for you Drama school dropout Thought your whole course, now try something new Drama school 